What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Brandon's Face, the podcast about a playlist. I am one half of your hosting duo. My name is Jonathan Beardsley, and as always, I am joined by the man who lived through the rise and fall of the iPod, Brandon May. Brandon, how are you doing, buddy? <laughs> oh, man. It's honestly, it, man, I'm, I'm doing well. Thanks for asking. I hope you're doing well, too, man. It's the end of an era. It is, um, but it, it leads me to a fun question I want to start today's episode with, which was, what is the first song or album you downloaded on your first iPod? Uh, As I Lay Dying, Shadows Are Security. Oh my God, that's fucking incredible. I love it. I yep, love it. I know exactly, because I, I tried so long. I knew that there was, I knew that there was, back in, back in those days, my, me and my buddies, we were throwing burn cds around and it was cool mm-hmm. like if you got a copy of one you can put it on your computer the first one i downloaded though nobody had a copy of it yet and it had just released and i knew that it was the release day and i and i downloaded limewire for the very first time and um i tried to download uh confined by as i lay dying and yep. I, I uh i couldn't find the entire uh the entire like like that song for some reason, but I could find like the whole album folder online. It was really weird, man. That's fucking great, man. That's a great album. I think it's funny because you and I <clears throat> must have done that around the same time. My first download was They're Only Chasing Safety by Under Oath. Oh, fantastic album. Yep. It was we, on the, the silver mini back when they would like etch your name into it if you ordered it offline. <laughs> oh, that's so cool. We actually so, just found that album in... Uh, my wife's uh, things. Oh my God. It's one of my favorite albums of all time. And I'm sure we're going to talk about that someday, but I love that there is a iPod of mine sitting in a landfill somewhere with my name etched on the back. <laughs> probably. <laughs> yeah, man, I had a few of them. I had uh, my favorite though was my classic, my iPod classic, 160 gigs, uh, yep. v- V5, you know? Yeah, those 120, 160 gigs were getting fucking wild, man. They were they were loaded. It used to be like a thing between me and my friends, like who could get the most on. And then we would all go to each other's houses and just rip each other's libraries. <laughs> it was fucking awesome, man. Good oh, times. Th- those End were of the an days. era, like you said. There, there, there was, they needed like a lot of effort to like download the, the, the music. I so actually, much. I actually ended up finding, um, finding a way to download movies once I got high speed internet instead of the DSL that we were working with. And, uh, when, when we did that, I started downloading movies. So I remember watching Batman Begins, I think, on my iPod Classic. In Spanish class with Mr. Rio. And, uh, oh boy, man! Shout the out fucking to Mr. Pirate Rio. Bay days, huh? <laughs> Good times. Good times. Oh, All right, buddy, you ready to get into this? Yeah, man, I'm ready to get into it. Let's do it. I am. Uh, please, if you're listening, like, follow, subscribe. You can find us now on Apple Podcasts as well as Spotify and YouTube as usual. Are and we anywhere else that I don't know of? Google Podcasts and Google uh, Podcasts. Uh, Podcast Index, I believe. If you go to the website brandonsface.com, there's a there's a whole there's a whole section on where where you can where you can find us. Yes, please check out our website brandonsface.com for our release rate release calendar and a lot of other cool stuff. And you can follow us on Instagram at Brandon's Face Pod. But without that out of the way, let's get into this because, boy, April and May have just been one stacked fucking week after another. And this one, again, up there with like the most stacked. I feel like we've said this three or four times this year, but this is the most stacked week we've had all year so far. Um, All right, let's start off with the singles. We have a new one from Joyce Manor that I threw on here. Don't try. 
man, both fucking singles they've released this year are awesome. I love how to the point their music is, and I'm expecting this album to find a nice home alongside Mom Jeans and Pup in my rock music rotation for the year. How did you like this? 40 ounces to Fresno cannot come out fast enough. This is uh, this is a great little short little song. Uh, it sounds like a blend between Armor for Sleep and Jimmy World. I love this. That's a that's a really great way of putting it. Jimmy Eat World, I didn't pick up on that, but definitely some influence in there. I think we're a little under a month away now. We're about a month away, so can't fucking wait for that. It's going to be great. Yep, agreed. Okay, we have got a new one from the Afghan Wigs, The Getaway. Do you want to talk about the song or the new album first? Uh, well, I mean, we can kind of do both, right? They announced yes. it's officially an album, which you and I had been speculating about back when they released uh, the last single. I forget what it's called. I'll Make You See God. Yes. Um, which was awesome, man. This is um, the juxtaposition between this song and the last single um, is exactly what you'd expect in an Afghan Wigs album. And they really do a really good job of blending and incorporating strings and pianos into this cool alternative rock, man. I agree, man. The strings are great on this song. The song is really good. The album is called How Do You Burn? Comes out September 9th and will feature contributions from the late Mark Lanigan. So that would be really cool. Yeah. Okay, man. I'm anxious to talk to you about this new one from Matt Lange, Curtain Call. Tell me what you thought, John. This feels like an outro to an album that I have not heard. <laughs> That's a great way to put it, man. It's It's got these like really beautiful orchestral elements, but I'm not sure how I'm supposed to receive this type of music. Like it's nice, but it feels out of context. Um, I almost, well, I mean, it's called Curtain Call. So I think you uh, kind of hit the nail on the head with uh either um either an album closer or maybe he's doing like some sort of contribution to like a movie score or something i don't know yeah it's ambitious it's different not something i'll revisit but it it's definitely an interesting turn i'll be interested to see if he pursues it any further i i I think i think that's kind of it man i don't think i don't see me going back to this song but it is a very good musical composition he clearly has this giant range of what he can do yeah totally all right man speaking of range we're gonna go from matt lange to suicide silence because that's what we do on brandon space (laughs) they released a new one called thinking in tongues i i have not listened to suicide silence much since mitch passed away and i didn't even know that the old vocalist of all shall perish was doing vocals for them now i had no idea uh that that honestly shows how much i keep up with the metal scene (laughs) Uh, I thought this track was really good, but all it really did at first was make me want to listen to old Suicide Silence again. So I threw on the Black Crown, Newsflash, still incredible. And I went through their whole recent discography as well. And man, they have not lost a step in the transition. Still cranking out some of the best metal out there. I revisited their 2020 album, Become the Hunter, and it was still really good. I don't know if this is a single for a new album, but I really enjoyed it. I'm sure you were happy to get some new metal. Yeah, I think I texted you Im- immediately as, uh, as it you relates. Did. We got new Suicide Silence. <laughs> <laughs> um, this actually reminds me a lot of their No Time to Bleed um, album. It's kind of got that vibes. 
those vibes. Um, yeah, man, Eddie's been killing it. I think it's Inherit the Crown or the album that has Inherit the Crown on it um, was the first album with Eddie. And I actually got to see them on tour um, during that album tour. And um, I was thinking about that earlier today because uh, the Black Dahlia murder actually opened for them at that tour. Yeah, very sad, man. You want to you wanna break that news if anybody hasn't heard it? Well, unfortunately, the vocalist for the Black Dahlia murder did pass away. Um, there's no details on the death, but um, uh, apparently... 41, man. Yeah, way 41. Too way too young. He was a great vocalist, really unique vocalist, and they brought a lot of... Uh, a lot of... Uh, what's the word? Um, horror to Deathcore? Yeah. It's a good way of putting it, man. Rest in power. Rest in power. And we will definitely keep an eye out for new Suicide Silence beyond this, because this was really good. Absolutely. I agree. Yeah, this was, oh. this was really good. Okay, let's move on to this next song from John Hopkins. And I'm thinking, hi, hi. I don't know how to pronounce this artist's name. <laughs> uh, the song is called Baby We're Ascending. I don't know what subgenre of EDM this is, Brandon, but I kind of like it. It's weird, though. I think it's fucking beautiful. Baby, we're ascending is something that I've probably said to my wife while I was on acid or something. Um, <laughs> this is <laughs> this is beautiful, man. I don't know if uh, High is the vocalist or something, but I'm I'm feeling the song like in a major way, dude. Uh, the progression, the attention to details during the acapella parts, the the bass line, the way the percussion kind of leads to the I don't know if you want to call it a drop, um, but uh, I thought of, that, yeah. I thought that this was gorgeous music. Yeah, I thought it was beautiful, just much different than I was used to. Didn't really know how to define it. Yeah. Okay, let's move on to this new one from ASAP Rocky. That's my bitch. Or that's my Brandon, <laughs> however you want the acronym to play it's out. It's definitely man. that's my Brandon. I imagine you have some thoughts on this song. <laughs> you know, <laughs> we should really be loving our women, John. Um, but uh, th I thought that this was good. I like the production on it. I'm not really like a giant fan of the lyrics on this one. I, I, I know you sent it to me, but I forgot to watch the music video until just this moment. So, ah, no worries. Did um, he just make this song just to flex on literally the entire hip hop group that, hey, yo, I'm dating Rihanna. <laughs> like, is that, is that what this I, is? It's, I mean, I think it's a flex in that he can cast her in a video where that is not like a very obtainable thing to do for most artists. But I think he sold her on it because when you see the video, like the song does not portray the narrative of the video very well, but it's this like ghetto love tale type of thing. And his videos are always just really well done, really well thought out. And there's a lot of like trippy aspects to them. But I feel like this song could have just been so much better. It's clearly getting a lot of hype because of her involvement in it. And it's hard to imagine it being received as anything other than just another ASAP Rocky song if she wasn't attached to it in this way. Are um, we are I, we anticipating an album from ASAP? Is there has there been I, any sort of I don't of know. He's going through an arrest right now too, I believe. So I was kind of surprised this dropped at all because I know he's going through some legal stuff. It's I honestly have no idea. I think he's about due for an album. Uh, testing came out in 2018, so about four years ago. I would I would say yes, but it's a crowded year, and honestly, with everything going on, he's probably best pushing till early next year but that's me playing as a and r which i am not so what did what did he what did he get arrested for i think it's uh i don't want to misquote anything i think it's like 
connection to a shooting that happened years ago, but I don't know any details or if he's like um, an accessory or an accomplice or what what the rumors are. Clearly, he is out and about right now promoting this song. So I don't think it's too crazy, but we will see. Yeah, we'll see. He's probably in a lot less trouble than Young Thug is. Yeah, man. He's probably in less trouble than Young Thug's dog right now. <laughs> they got the dog. They got the damn dog, dude. That That's going to be interesting to see. I've never been a big Young Thug fan, but I do really like his verse on a compensating by Amine. So I'll give him that. I don't know if that'll help him much in what he's about to go through, though. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't. I don't hey, I'll know. write a character statement that I really like his verse on compensating, where he says the orange and black seats, Daffy Duck. <laughs> let him go, sir. Let him go. <laughs> okay, oh let's move on. We got one I threw on here from an artist named PJ Morton. The song's called "Be Like Water," featuring Stevie Wonder and Nas. I don't know about you, but I do not know who PJ Morton is. I'm assuming he's a pretty well-respected guy to get Stevie Wonder and Nas on a track with him. What did you think of this? Yeah, I had never heard the name PJ Morton, but um, Stevie Wonder's voice sounds fucking great. Um, oh, yeah. And obviously, I love Nas' verse. Um, do you feel like this song kind of ends a little too abruptly? Yeah, I think it does. Uh, it's part of an album that I did not add the whole album of. I just saw this song had dropped and added that. Um, so it could tie into something that comes after it. But I thought the, like you said, Stevie's voice sounds great. Nas kills it. The strings in this instrumental are great, too. It's a really so good cool. song. Yeah, great song. Okay, man, let's move on. Do you say, is it Kasabian? Is that how you pronounce their name? I, in I my head, know. I just say Kasabian. I don't know. Kasabian, sure, I like it. All right, they released two new songs, Scripture and Alligator. Oh, man. So when did you discover them? Uh, we discovered them uh, when we were listening to a, a, a curated playlist for to get ready for, I think it was Coachella 2014? Okay, yeah. I remember um, they like their names been around for a while. Yeah, we actually ended up uh, seeing. Uh, I think we I think we we stayed for like four songs or something like that, and then we we bounced to another stage. But they were really good live. In fact, they were a lot heavier live. Yeah, yeah. There's some really heavy elements to the music, so I'm not really surprised. Did you like these two songs? Um, I liked Alligator more than I liked more than I liked Scripture. Interesting. It's, they're rock, but it's different. I don't, I don't it's, know. I don't know how to describe this music. I'm gonna try. Do uh, indie electronic space rock. <laughs> Did I do it? Is I that think, it? I think it's more post indie electronic. Yeah, space yeah rock, throw John. post in there. Jesus, <laughs> post electronic. Throw it in the least sensible place. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I think these songs are a trip, man. I, I like them both. I think they're kind of a genre unto their own, so it's kind of hard to describe. But it's weird, but it's really fun to listen to. I guess that's the best way I can describe it. I liked these. Yeah, I, I, I did also enjoy them. Okay, man. We have two new songs from Sasha that you added. Who Are You featuring Mr. Sosa and Just Us with Pumarosa. I know you loved these, right? Obviously. Uh, we got two Sasha tracks in the same day, and they're both <laughs> very fucking different. Um, yeah. Who You Are is just a straight house banger. And then Just Us is 
really beautiful, kind of ethereal, atmospheric, really neat kind of kind of track. Two completely different things, but they're both awesome. Yeah, who are you? I agree. It's definitely like the minimalistic style that we we know Sasha for, and it's a really good track. He's a legend in that genre for the reason. But just us definitely had a little more of that trance vibe with the vocals and. Oh, man, I fucking loved it. I really liked both of these tracks. Every time you throw a new Sasha on here, I'm always excited. Same. Every time his name pops up, I'm like, oh, okay, it's going to be that kind of night. Yup, yup. He is as good at producing as he is at DJing, which is kind of rare. <laughs> right. Okay. Oh, boy. You ready? All right, we got, <laughs> we got two new ones from Taylor Swift. We got Taylor's version of This Love and Wildest Dream. Uh, dreams what album are these from that she's going to be re-releasing 1989 my boy okay that i don't think i've ever heard that album either, you've so never heard taylor swift's 1989 bro i don't know if i've ever heard the, like wildest dream sounds really familiar um you've the, heard the melodies a ton in of it, songs on this but album. i don't know that i've ever heard this love before now uh, well, I think both of these versions actually sound better than the original. Um, we've got, uh, let me try to find it here. Have you been a fan of her versions over all of the original versions so far? So far, actually, yes. Um, she just continues to be, she continues to increase her presence on the songs, I think. And her voice just continues to be fucking gorgeous. So, yeah, her label really fucking underestimated her with this one, man. <laughs> Because these are only going to do so much bigger than they did the first time when technology with like when she was releasing teardrops on my guitar and stuff, that's back when people were buying music. So the streamable versions of those, while they do have a lot attached to them, are not the like most irreplaceable things. It's I think it's going to be interesting to see what artists follow this lead. Yeah, well, you've heard a ton of songs off of 1989, man. She's got uh, Blank Space and Shake It Off and Bad Blood. And I think even oh, yeah, yeah, on the deluxe sure. version, I think. Oh, uh, God, are we going to get think, a new Kendrick yeah, verse? I, I was just going to say, are we going to get a new Kendrick <laughs> verse on the on the Bad Blood remix? Because that would be dope. He is active right now. So Jeez. We're going to have to post some like conspiracy theory videos about this to our YouTube channel. <laughs> Taylor Swift, 1989, Taylor's version, released by TDE. I'm calling it now. <laughs> oh, man. I would be much more excited to listen to it. I can tell you that. Okay, man. Let's move on. We got a new one from Coda the Friend called Up. I think this is good, but I think he's playing it a little safe. It's very uplifting, but a little generic. Do you agree? Dude, I... I, he's a little slower with his flow on this one. It's almost as if he's trying to match the beat instead of flowing over the beat. He doesn't normally do that. I don't know. I was also I was also disappointed that it wasn't like a concept song about the Pixar hit movie Up. So yes. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Me too. He should have thrown a squirrel <laughs> sample in there at least <laughs> once. You know, give us something. Okay, we got a new one from Based called Creature. <laughs> Uh, I was wondering when you were going to throw some Danish death metal on here, Brandon, and here you are. You're welcome. Um, I just discovered this band. Don't know how, but I did. Um, I really like their groove. I think it's really good, man. I think it's the start of an album rollout, and I would be super happy to cover uh, ba Based. I, I think it's, I think metal. I'm I think sure we will be if they're dropping an album, man. Uh, the guitar is on this fucking rip. 
And yeah, I, I think it's based. I have no idea. I think I think metal bands are running out of names, bro. I think they are too. <laughs> and I think that we need a new font. The Crimecore <laughs> one. We've used all the lines. We've used them all. <laughs> when it just looks like a, a old leather chair seat that's ripped. I was just gonna say, man, there's a viral photo out there that uh, I think it's like a like an old bus, a school bus seat. <laughs> it's yeah. like, can someone tell me what band this is? <laughs> Love that. Okay, man, let's move on to this new one from a million different fucking artists called Le Club. <laughs> this track is a lot. It's a there's, very there's ambitious. There's a lot here. Dude, it's a very ambitious fusion of French house, dubstep, electro house, but I couldn't get into it all the way. And I'm all for collaboration, but I think this might be too many artists for one track. So... <laughs> I'll tell you why I threw this on. I uh, I listen to Dirty Phonics. Um, well, not often, but um, I don't listen to a lot of bass music lately, as you and I have discussed um, mm-hmm. a lot. But um, Dirty Phonics was a band that I, I discovered in 2015 on the lead up to Hard Summer in 2015, where, where I saw them. Um, and they were really cool in their live shows and in some of their and in some of their tracks. I couldn't name one if if you ask me to, but they actually do like deathcore breakdowns in some of their songs. And, uh, there's, there's like mosh bits at the show. And I, I put on the first like 10 sections of this song and I was like, Let, let's talk about it. Um, and, uh, I have that dirty phonics is the only artist on this that I actually even know. I, I don't know Same. any of these other artists. So I'm going to be the old man that yells at the cloud here. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't know any of the other artists as well. I know Dirty Phonics and I know they have some bangers, but yeah, this one was a lot. That's my <laughs> only takeaway. <laughs> okay, man, let's move on to these new ones from Kygo, Freeze and Dancing Feet. Um, I, You added Freeze, and when I listened to it, I had the same experience I always have when I listen to Kygo. I thought it was objectively good, but I thought it was a little boring. So I went to his Spotify page and started to go through his discography a little bit when I realized he dropped another single earlier this year, and that's the Dancing Feet one that I added. And I thought that one was much better than Freeze, at least as it related to my personal taste. So I learned he is capable of making music that I like. I just have to dig Von Deeper for it, you know? <laughs> oh, man. I actually liked Freeze. I think one of the last times we talked about Kygo, you said that he makes the same song every time. Um, and EDM I think for parents, yes. EDM for parents. Um, <laughs> if Toto was a DJ, yeah. <laughs> What's a DJ? All right. Um, I think that I think that Freeze and Dancing Feet are a bit different. Obviously, they're not Tropical House. So, um, well, I'm glad you liked Dancing Feet. So, we'll. we'll uh, I think he is maturing his sound, and I think he realized that uh, parents aren't going to his shows, and if he can't sell tickets to his shows, then. Uh, have you seen his streaming numbers? I do not think that fucker needs to worry about nope. selling anything. <laughs> I have not he seen is, his streaming numbers. Let's actually. look at his. Let's look at his top ten: forty-two million, nine hundred eight million, six hundred eighty-seven million, Damn. one billion, seven hundred eighty-eight million, four hundred eight million. He has multiple songs in wow. like the half billion to a billion range. I didn't you, know that he was this popular. He has 26 million monthly listeners. He's 89th in the world. 89th in the world. <laughs> he, he might be bigger than Young Thug. 
Yeah, he's like, he's approaching like numbers wise, he's approaching Zed. It might not feel like that, but that's like the range he's operating in. He's just appealing to a completely different demographic to do it. Wow, that's, that's pretty cool. That's insane. Well, good for you, Kygo. Good for you, man. Get it. All right, man. Let's talk about this new one from Sunburn and Freak On. I don't think you do. Did you like this? I thought that this was fucking amazing. Did you not like this? I thought it was a little Vegas pool party DJ set, but I, I can see in the right headspace and setting that this would be a fun time. I thought that this was great. I didn't think it was bad. I wasn't like, this fucking sucks, but I was like, this is definitely, you're going to get the, the shirtless muscle dude grinding his teeth next to you while you're listening to this <laughs> one. You're like, is this guy going to hit me or hug me? Like, John, what Vegas pool party is, uh, is, is it even worth it if you don't have the shirtless muscle dude grinding his teeth next to you? Backwards hat every time. Man. Backwards trucker it. hat. <laughs> oh, God. I hope we get a documentary about the Vegas pool party peak days. Netflix needs to really be working on that because that's prime content. I'm telling you. Yeah, man. I agree. <laughs> Okay, let's talk about some more EDM, man. Claptone and Laura, beautiful. This feels straight out of the early 2010s Cascade playbook, but I mean that as a compliment. Everything I've heard from Claptone so far has been really high quality, and the vocals on this song are great, too. Do you agree? Yes, absolutely agree. Loved it. I Yeah, this is a really good one, and we're in a... Jesus Christ, man. Adriatic and Marino Canal. We have five EDM tracks in a row, Brandon. Yep. <laughs> this is the Mind Against remix of Home. Am I rolling right now? Do I need a pacifier? <laughs> <laughs> Quick, somebody give me a light show. <laughs> God damn it. I got my new Skittles lights. Uh, this track is really good. <laughs> I, I love all the EDM that sounds like this. Like It has that mousetrap trance house feel to it and yep. i haven't heard the original of this but this is a really good remix mind again kills it with the structure on this one yes i agree um the original is obviously great adriatic is top tier so yeah well said man oh boy we have another one i threw on here like we had so many late entries this week it's kind of crazy <laughs> um okay we have it's a big week in music john it was a huge week. So Bad Bunny released a new album that kind of went under our radar slash just not really the type of music we listen to very often. And one of the songs on the album is Otra, I don't even know how to say that, uh, featuring the Marias. And I don't know about you, but I've heard a few Bad Bunny songs, but never really listened to his whole discography or dove in. And I'm Personally, I'm more familiar with his pro wrestling career than his music career. Wait, 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 wait. Bad Bunny was a pro wrestler? Yeah, I think two years ago he had a match at WrestleMania. And he wasn't like, like celebrity matches at WrestleMania are a very common thing. And they're usually like horrible. But this dude was doing like backflips off the top rope and shit. And like, hell yeah, he was getting his ass beat. Like he was, he was definitely like committing to the bit. And I fucking respect him so much for that. But yeah, man. Uh, the Maria's posted that they had a new song with him on his album, so I had to throw it on here. What did you think? Um, I uh, have never really listened to Bad Bunny. I, I'm sure I have inadvertently. Um, yeah. 
I can see why people love him. This music is good. I don't particularly relate to it because I'm not fluent in Spanish, but I think that it's a great song and the Maria's uh, deserve every ounce of fame they uh, they can get. If anybody can sell me a cinema vinyl for under $30, that would be awesome. I love how many times you've asked somebody for this. On <laughs> somebody, help. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, that song is sitting at a nice 16 million plays already for them <laughs> in less than a week of being out. I, I think the song's really good. It's pretty much exactly what I was expecting. I'm just blown away by the numbers it's doing that this whole album is doing. It's beating the shit out of Jack Harlow in terms of like streaming numbers per song. <laughs> and the song with the Maria's has more plays, I think, than the entire new Arcade Fire record combined as of these notes. Like this Which guy's a crazy. fucking superstar, dude. He's 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 insane. That's that's insane numbers. Well, good for him. Good for the Maria's. And uh, we'll see. We will. What, what 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 do you what do you think? You think he's going to play Coachella next year? Um maybe. I don't think he has to, but I think that they would be smart to start to book the like bigger name Hispanic ones like Jay Balvin and yeah, yeah, like get them. I don't know if Callie played it um before it went down, but she she would be a good booking too. Yeah. Okay, man. You ready to talk about the heart part 5? I sure am. Okay, dude. The the king is officially back. And he returned this week. Uh, and in true Kendrick Lamar fashion, the same week that his album is going to drop, he gives us the latest entry in the Heart series. How familiar are you with the Heart series? I've listened to all of them. Yeah, same. I really only remember like lyrics to part four, but I've heard all of them. This is the first one that really feels like an event. Am I wrong? No, you're not wrong. This definitely felt like an event. Yeah, he dropped this song and video on Monday, and its impact was immediately felt throughout the music community and beyond. The video is as powerful as the song, and I hope everyone has had a chance to see the video as well as hear the song. We see him use deepfake technology to morph into Kobe Bryant, Nipsey Hussle, OJ Simpson, Jesse Smollett, and Will Smith, and at times wrap through their perspective, something only he could really pull off as tastefully as he does on this song. The most powerful part of the song to me was when he was rapping from the perspective of Nipsey to the person who killed him. That shit is powerful, man. It's and it broke really me cool. down. It's like, really cool, man. I, I would quote it, but that it needs to just be heard because it's it's poetry to me, man. And we haven't seen a track list yet, but I don't expect this to be on the album or albums since none of the others have appeared on the albums they were released before. But I can't wait to hear this in full. I can't believe this fucker got a Marvin Gaye sample cleared for a Lucy. Like, <laughs> goddamn Kendrick Lamar. This is just an example of why people need to give artists the time they want to create, because this is what you get. This, this is how you get transcendent work. And it's the only way, really. What are your thoughts on this? Honestly, man, I think you said it all. I think that Kendrick's ability to match all of these artists flows just like as it happens. And I, 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 I think I think the deep fake shit is weird 
but it was really trippy to watch the video. Very jarring. And, oh, yeah, dude, you blink, and all of a sudden, I'm like, is that fucking O.J. Simpson, bro? Yep. Like, <laughs> that's weird. Oh, shit, he's, he's Kanye now. That's weird. You know um, who did that for the video? Uh, Trey Stone and Matt Parker. <laughs> yes. <laughs> They're apparently working with him on something of a movie or a play or something along those lines that incorporates some deep fake, deep fake stuff, which... It's fucking cool, man. And then yeah, they it, own a big studio. And then it also came out that Kendrick ghost wrote on a ton of music recently. Um, I think like six or seven of those Baby Keem songs he wrote for, um, and um, even wrote uh, a couple of verses for the features on "Damn," uh, which is which is oh neat, wow, man. yeah, that's um, crazy. Yeah, he he's been busy. We just uh, we haven't heard his music yet, so I'm very excited. We get that on Friday, don't we? We do, man. Tomorrow night, 9 p.m. on the West Coast. I'm sure you and I will both be up. Um, that's gonna be that's gonna be one, man. I will be up listening to it probably yep. once or twice before bed. Yeah, um, I'm excited for it. We'll see what happens. You think? It's I guess a depending on how long it is. Yeah, I, I was gonna say. Do you think it's a double? I I don't know. I think in the age of streaming, a double album kind of loses its context. I think it'll be at least 16 songs that's kind of my guess for it one if it can breaks it into eight and eight i'm guessing did you see the album artwork for it was released today yeah you texted it to me Pretty yeah it's cool, interesting Pretty it's cool. interesting it's always kind of weird when you see an album artwork for the first time and you're like i'm going to see this album artwork in media for the next 20 years <laughs> or like the rest of my life you know it's crazy yeah man all right man let's move on to these eps so we got an EP here from Shaw Calhoun, uh, My Regards EP. Big Eleanor Records reached out to us on Instagram and wanted to know what we thought of their artist. And this is his new EP. So I figured I'd throw it on. Fuck it. And I really enjoyed listening to this, honestly. You know I love Chopped Up Soul Beats. His bars were all really good. There's some really good fucking food bars on this EP, especially on Black Booties for Cecilia. He's rapping about wings with mumbo sauce and peach cobbler. I love it and it made me hungry. My only <laughs> real criticism of this is just that I wish the songs had a little more kick or bounce to them, but that's just my personal preference. Overall, I thought this was pretty good though. What'd you think? That was also my only criticism, but I couldn't quite put it into words and I think you did it very well. I think you articulated pretty, it, articulated it pretty well. Uh, this is a well-crafted AP, man. I really like the piano beats and all the samples that were used. I really enjoyed this, man. He's got uh, a great voice. He's got a good flow and... I, uh, I clicked on that uh, little follow button. I smashed that subscribe button on Shaw Calhoun. So we'll see what happens. I did as well, man. Yeah, good EP. I enjoyed it. All right, let's move on to this new one from Loon. Fuck yeah, go SEP. Boy, you've been adding Loon since, since she started. So I'm sure you are happy to have an official EP now. Yep. How'd you like it? This is fucking awesome, bro. This, uh, there's some neat collabs from artists that I'd never really heard of. Um, I know we had heard at least one of these songs prior to the EP release. Yeah, I think um, one or two. Yeah, man. This I'm I'm just a big fan of her music under this moniker, and I just I can't get enough of Loon. Lights in the streets, Loon in the sheets. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> This girl went fucking full goblin mode on this EP and just gave us nothing but bangers. And I love it, honestly. Like, I love that this EP 
was released on Fueled by Ramen. <laughs> like, what a time <laughs> to be alive. I hope she keeps doing this project. It's a lot of fun. People, like, this is so jarring. When I looked, I was like, is she on, like, Mousetrap for this record or something? <laughs> no, it's still Fueled by Ramen. So, That's so props funny, to them man. for branching out. That is so funny. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's great. All right, man. Let's move on to this last EP before we get into the albums. It's by Simple, or it's called Simple. It's by K Trinata and IDK. Was this what you were thinking it would be? All right. So this is this one's kind of weird for me. Full transparency. I've never I've never understood the hype behind K Trinata. Um, everybody on the internet hypes them up. I mean, there there's even people on some of these subreddits that I'm on, and I won't name usernames because I think your opinion is garbage. But K Trinata is the best electronic artist out there. Somebody actually said that, and I just I for the life of me, I can't I can't wrap that around my head um maybe maybe i just don't get it am i the one that that's wrong no it's the kids they're, they're wrong what i knew what i do know about this one is that the beats are really great and i do like all of the production from k Trinata. i think yeah idk's lyrics are a little they're like flat there's just nothing lyrically that's keeping me here it's just the same it's it's the same all my homies have money i'll i'll all my homies get hoes like that's it. I didn't really pick up on that as much as you. I think that this EP is more of a vibe EP than a lyric EP to me. I think it's that's just fair. some. I think that's K Trinata's music in general. It's music you throw on and don't focus on. I think he does have a few really good songs. He's got one with Kaliuchis that I like. He's got one with Craig David that's fucking incredible. He did that one with her last year, Intimidated, that you and I both really, really liked. That's right, huh? That was him. Yeah. Um, so I think that like, it's just kind of hit or miss with us. And you and I have been reviewing a ton of hip hop. And I think our bar is just really high. Like fucking today in the car, I listened to Pusha T, Vince Staples, and Denzel Curry's albums. <laughs> like, <laughs> So I, I get it, man. When you hear something, you're like, that was good, but I'm not really going to think about it after this. Like, it is what it is. I feel like I personally really liked the CP. I think this fits any mood perfectly and you can just throw it on. I think vocally, the the melodies he's using kind of float on top of the beats. And it's like a combination of this pre-808's Kanye charisma and I don't know what else. He's He's got a lot to him. And I think he's got a lot of raw potential. This is a little too short to ever be like an album of the year, but I think it's a terrific release and definitely cemented me as a fan of both artists for sure. Cool, man. Glad you enjoyed it. Yes. Okay. You ready to get into the albums? I know you've been dying to talk about some of these. Yeah. I'm just going to jump right in here, man. We've got, should I say what it is? Yeah. We've got Arcade Fire. They released (laughs) their album. We, um, so I did have one criticism of lookout kid, uh, which was I missed the way uh, Wins Wins kind of way of writing lyrics. Um, Lookout Kid was a little bit too on the nose. Um, well, I think uh, I think he delivered that and then some on the entire album. I think that uh, he um, I, I think the lyrics are fucking awesome. I think this is an incredible album filled with a bunch of dance grooves. They've got pianos and violins. They've got corny yet authentic lyrics. There's vocal harmonies. There's melodies that just won't quit. There's heavy themes. It's literally everything I love about Arcade Fire. Now, 
I'll never really understand why some people, and apparently the majority of hardcore Arcade Fire fans, disliked their last album, Everything Now, as I think it's a, a really strong album with a ton of disco influences. But this album has a ton of like disco. There's a little bit of house even in there. Some influences, um, like uh, the last half of the Age of Anxiety one uh, and uh, Rabbit Hole. Uh, but I. I I think they blend the piano indie pop really well on this on this project uh, into some of those dance influences. Um, I have yet to find something I dislike about this album. It is presented very well. The mix on it is quite honestly impeccable. The instrumentation on the end of the Empire one through three is just amazing. We have violins. We have a little bit of sax. We have some other brass that I can't really make out. Um, Sagittarius A is a beautiful song. It's sad, the, sad as fuck, but it's beautiful nonetheless. Um, one of the many moments that gave me full goosebumps on this album was Sagittarius A. Um, all of these songs are incredible, man. This album is beautifully crafted, beautifully played, beautifully sang, and I think it's beautifully performed. I'm going to be listening to this for a long time. I gave this a 10. I thought that this was a 10 out of 10 album. Wow. My standout was Age of the Empire 4, Sagittarius A, or Age of Anxiety 2, Rabbit Hole. I couldn't decide which one I liked better. Wow, a 10. Okay, I'm man. dying Fuck to yeah. think about what you thought of this or hear what you <laughs> thought about this album, because if I'm if I'm not mistaken, this is the first full Arcade Fire album you've ever listened to. Am I? Am I it wrong? is. Yep. All yeah, right. You're not wrong. Let me hear it, John. Okay. <laughs> so I think you'll be pleased to know I liked this album more than I thought I would. And even though their music has been growing on me, I was still worried about how I would connect with this release. It's not one of my favorite albums of the year, but I think it's really, really good for what it is. I like the way they open the album up. Age of Anxiety 1 and 2 are both upbeat indie rock with a little electronic edge to them, and I think it starts the album off on a really strong note. End of the Empire 1 through 3 and Sagittarius A were my, my standouts and really do a great job of anchoring the middle of the album all of because of all of the musical elements you listed very reminiscent of radiohead by the way like that's immediately what came to mind when i heard the like strings and the way he's kind of singing in that light falsetto over it but not like in a derivative way just reminiscent uh the lightning one and two they've grown on me but are still my least favorite songs on the album and i'm a little confused as to why they were released as the first singles that's unconditional one and man. two are both solid tracks and they finished the album on a strong note with the title track we i think that was maybe my second runner up to my favorite uh i think the music they make doesn't align with my personal taste but i found this album objectively good i gave it a six out of ten end of the empire one through three and sagittarius a were my standouts it's so funny how our tastes are so the same but they're so dissimilar on cert on certain things yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it's always been indie has been one of the, the things that we just hear a little differently. And I think that's mostly because you're probably a little more intellectually inclined with your like absorption of the lyrics. Like, yeah, I, 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 I go re, on I feeling. Read lyrics Everything to me is feeling like there are lyrics that impress me, like the Kendrick Lamar stuff. And yeah, some of the lyrics on that album are great. But if like the music like, I don't know, it's brain chemistry, really. Like, when the right notes align with the way your brain works, you just feel a certain way. And I, I don't know. Like I, That's super fair, man. Yeah, like, I, I find them really good, and they're still growing on me. And after seeing their Coachella performance, like, I get why they're a very, very 
well-respected band, but it's definitely an articulated or a, what's the word? Acquired taste, I think. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I uh, I sent you that Atlantic review of this album. I uh, did, did you read it? Yeah, that was pretty harsh. It was it just... <laughs> I, I don't know I don't know what else to say except for that guy's fucking wrong. Like I should go out with coffee with the person who wrote the pitch for Jack Harlow. <laughs> <laughs> they would have a lot to talk about. <laughs> All right, man. Let's move on to this new Silverstein album because I'm really fucking excited to talk about it. Misery made me. Let's go. So while they've done a little trend chasing here and there, they've always been the benchmark for consistency in the scene. And this album only further cements that reputation. They're vets who know how to write and structure an album. They kick the album off with the most pop punk track, our song, to get you into the right headspace before diving into the few main singles. We reviewed Die Alone and Ultraviolet already, but both tracks are really good and fit nicely into the album. Cold Blood is solid. It's over. The altar slash Mary in slow motion is my favorite three song run on the album. Uh, it's over is probably my favorite song in general. The altar slash Mary sounds like sounds like something modern day Under Oath would do to me a little bit. Uh, but it's it's a little different for Silverstein. I think slow motion is great. Hearing Mike from the Devil Wears Prada with Silverstein is awesome and kind of like a scene kid dream project type of thing for me to hear, I guess. And Bankrupt, a little heavier than I like them going, but I think they pulled it off pretty well. And like the fucking legends they are, man, they end the album with an acoustic emo song that leaves you (laughs) feeling all fucking nostalgic and wanting to hit play again. Uh, I love this album. I gave it a seven out of 10. It's over was my standout. How did you feel? So, um, I, I know, you know this, but our listeners might not all four of our listeners might not, um, arcade fire and Silverstein are two of my favorite bands. Um, I've been listening to Silverstein for at least 15 years. Um, they've, they've just been a part of my life when I was growing up. Can you, uh, this band is 20 years old. Yeah. And to release a project like this after 20 years, I mean, geez, man, um, they just absolutely dominate the post-hardcore genre. They they, they just do. Um, this album is actually a bit all over the place stylistically, and it's probably their least cohesive album they've released. But I think it works really well for this project. And uh, they took a lot of risks here. Um like I said, on the lead up to this album, I was pretty scared that they would end up being a little overproduced and a little too poppy and a little too trend chasey. And uh, I got to thank Silverstein. Uh, they proved me wrong. Um, that's not what we got. Uh, like you said, our song was a great, great opener. Um, Die Alone is hardcore, uh, really ties them back to their roots. And we talked about that a little bit when their single released. Um, mm-hmm. Ultraviolet gets stuck in my head at least once a week. It's a fucking banger. <laughs> um, it's been on my weekly rotation since the song released. Um, I, I I liked all of the singles that they released, but the album cuts are where this album really shines. Uh, Cold Blood uh, features Trevor Daniel, which I, I, it's a bold choice for Silverstein. Um, I've never heard of him, but I listened to a little of his music, and it's not this. But I think that it's... Uh, I think that it's pretty cool. Um, they've done plenty of collaborations before, but it's mostly just Caleb of Beartooth style artists. And yes. uh, like you said, hearing um, hearing uh, Mike from the Devil Wears Prada is 
It's a scene kids dream, man. You don't, you don't, yeah, you don't dude, get that's that. That's fucking awesome. We didn't get that 15 fucking years ago. Um, Cold Blood not only works, but it's it's one of the highlights of the album. It's something different that really ties back to their roots. Um, I guess twenty years, uh, I, I guess twenty years into your career is definitely the time to take some notes, right, or take some risks. Um, yep. <laughs> they fucking made it work, man. Uh, the next wild card that Silverstein throws us is the Altar slash Mary. Um, this song yeah. really kind of shook me at first, to be honest. Um, I wasn't really sure what to think of it. Um, as you probably, as you probably guessed, I've listened to this album every day since it released at least once a day. And on subsequent listens, this song has really, really grown on me. It starts out heavy as fuck. And then it progresses into this weird electronic pitch corrected bridge and just straight up into fucking chaos again. Um, they're really taking risks and it's really paying off, man. Um, somebody has to die being repeated over and over and over again. It just, it just hits dude. Um, the song fucking rips. And if they made more music like this, I'd be super open to it. Um, it's that, that song is just going to absolutely destroy venues. Yeah. (laughs) Um, no one can tell me otherwise. Uh, slow motion proves that Silverstein does melody better than most of the bands out there right right now. Uh, Mike's vocals are fucking awesome and they sound great together. Um, Don't Wait Up kind of almost seems out of place seeing it's how it's like a normal Silverstein song. Um, (laughs) uh, Bankrupt is heavy and honestly, I don't think it has a place on this album. Um, Yeah, that was a weird one for me. Don't Wait Up and Bankrupt are like the two where you're like, ah, those could have been deluxe edition. (laughs) Yeah, but they also released Bankrupt like a year ago, like a long time ago. Yeah, long time ago. Um, They might have just thrown it in there because, I don't know, something. Um, uh, Live Like This with Nothing Nowhere, which was actually released as a single just prior to the album release, but... I, I waited until the album dropped to listen to it. It's another weird collab that shouldn't work, but it does. And then, like you said, Misery is a great way to end this album. And it just makes me want to press play on uh, the start again. Yep. Um, yeah, I fucking loved this album. After, uh, I want to say, seven or eight listens to the whole album front to back, uh, I, I gave it a nine, man. I'm super impressed with this album. I love how many risks that they took and how well they paid off. And I thought about my standout a lot. I was like, which one of these? It, which, it's the altar slash Mary. After having wow, it be okay. like a really weird thing for me to listen to at first, because again, I've, I've been, I grew up with Silverstein, right? Mm-hmm. And. It, it just it, it really shines on this uh, on this album. I really liked it. I agree, man. Yeah. Like I said, that three song run, it's over the altar. Mary in slow motion is just insanely good. Incredible. They, they still have it for sure. They killed it. They, they just they are going on tour. Yes, they are. And have you you've seen them live how many times? At least twice, maybe three times. At least yeah, I twice. Think I'm, I think I'm somewhere in the same range. Yeah, I saw them um, at their Discovering the Waterfront anniversary tour, which was fucking awesome. Beartooth opened for them. And then I saw them at their um, When Broken is Easily Fixed anniversary tour. Um, one of the songs on that live album is actually from the, one of the shows that I went to. Um, and uh, Hawthorne oh, Heights opened for them, which was really cool to see. They had a banner behind them that said, I used to listen to Hawthorne Heights in high school. Oh boy, <laughs> too real for me, huh? Yeah, a little on the nose there, Hawthorne Heights. 
All right, great album from Silverstein. Let's move on to this new one from Rolling Blackouts, Coastal Fever, Endless Rooms. I know you've been excited for this one. I have been. Um, honestly, this one was kind of hard to review after listening to Arcade Fire and Silverstein. I agree. I fucking agree, <laughs> man. Trust me. It's it's a fun indie record. Um, it does a lot of things really well. There's some really cool riffs. There's some poppy hooks. There's some great choruses and the hero on this album are the just awesome bass lines um there's nothing revolutionary about this band or album but it really does kind of hit the spot for that australian indie feel man um apparently i just love australian bands uh this is good it's easy listening it reminds me kind of like foster the people x bad sons kind of thing um yeah. it's upbeat and poppy without being too much of either uh but again the bass lines just are fucking awesome which is why my standout is the way it shatters and uh i like uh i gave i gave it a seven okay yeah no we're we're pretty much dead in line uh the way it shatters is my standout i gave it a six i don't really have a lot of criticisms of it like they play really well it's it's just fun to throw on i think it's just an overwhelming time to be releasing rock music because everything feels comparative at the right now for some reason and yeah because we've digested so many of their songs as singles it is like it's weird when you hear an album finally and you've gotten so many scattered singles and you go from that mindset of new song old song new song old song like in your brain um, right so I, I went through that a little bit with this like I my brain was most excited when I would hear two new songs in a row you know so uh, I yeah. like their style. I think I like it a little more in short doses, but I really enjoyed the album. I gave it a six. Yeah. And yeah, the way it shatters, just that baseline is so fucking good. Man. So good. <laughs> it's killer. All right. Anything else you have on this one? Are you good? No, I think I'm good. Well, actually, one more thing. H yeah. How hard do you think indie bands as a whole rolled their eyes as soon as Arcade Fire was like, we're releasing on the sixth? as hard as every rapper that planned to release this year rolled their eyes when Kendrick posted that he was releasing. <laughs> I'm sure they're in that stratosphere. Like I said, every like rock music websites headlines have just been dominated by arcade fire related stuff since they've come back. So I don't know, man. I imagine that a lot of other bands are not loving it, but this is, this is how you play the game. You got to get to that level. Right, that's true. Yep. All right, man. You ready to move on to this war paint record? Let's do it. I'm dying okay. to know what you thought about this. Okay, I'll go first then. So they released their new record, Radiate Like This. And I liked a few songs on this album, but it landed about how you'd expect it to land for me, Brandon. I thought the first half of the album was more my speed than the second half, but none of it is something I'd really return to on my own. I like alternative pop, but their music lacks that grunge element that a lot of the alt pop artists I like tend to have. Uh, I think either Stevie or Hard to Tell You would be my standout. I gave it a four out of 10 though, just cause it fell on the more didn't like it than liked it side. Honestly, man, it's really hard to review albums that probably were going to be very good in my opinion after just absolute fucking masterpieces in my opinion so um i feel you man yeah. so while while listening to this album i started thinking about do you remember soft rock radio stations of course what are those going to be like in the future i think this is going to be that 
Phoebe Bridgers? Uh, maybe, yeah. Um, I think uh, I think this album would be a good candidate for something like that, like soft rock. But what I really like about the project is the little kind of electronic hits we get. Like Hips is a good example of this. I think the vocals are the standout of this album, though. They they have this kind of moody yet expressive style that just kind of floats over the instrumentals. And you can tell it's held back kind of to fit with the music, but it's not like we don't hear their range. Um, I thought this was a really pretty album. It has... It has fun with some textures and sounds while not coming off as completely experimental. I gave it a five. My standout, though, was Champion because this shit gets got stuck in my head like every day. What was your standout? Champion. Champion. Okay. Yeah. I Like I said, that first half of the album goes pretty nicely, I think. It's a, it's a catchy one. I'll give you that. Just stylistically, not my cup of tea. But I'm glad you at least enjoyed it a bit. I I, I did. I knew you would, <laughs> which is why I'm glad you threw it on. All right, man, you ready to move on to this Cosmic Putrefaction album? <laughs> Say the album title, John. Uh, Crepuscular Dirge for the Blessed Ones? Yep. Okay. <laughs> Jesus Christ. H.P. Lovecraft reading really helped me as a kid, I think. <laughs> what a fucking album title, man. Crep- <laughs> Crepuscular Dirge for the Blessed Ones. Oh, man. Oh, man. I'll let you go first on this, you being the resident death metal aficionado. All right, man. So I I, I knew I was going to like it based on the single we heard a week or two ago, but I honestly Mm -hmm. didn't think I was going to like it as much as I do. Um, They have a massive sound. Um, I love the way that they incorporate the drum grooves into the majority of the album. And it's funny you sent me that Blast Beats meme um, because uh, a lot of death metal albums will rely heavily on Blast Beats. But these guys don't rely on it to make their music heavy or death metal. Um, Honestly, man, a lot of care was put into this album, and I think that they're criminally underrated. Since this album has released, though, I got to give them props. On Spotify, they've jumped from 2,400 to 4,300 listeners uh, per month. Wow. Yeah, that's 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 almost like doubling uh, their listener base with one album drop. That's To me, that's huge. Um, the best things yeah. about this album for me are the drum grooves, the variations of the vocals uh, in areas where it really counts, the risks they took, like adding synths and clean vocals to uh, the song From Resounding Silence to the Obsidian Womb, and how we get a perfect mix of well-produced and rawness from them. I think that there's this kind of line, right, where... Uh, death metal or metal in general can feel or heavy music rather call it extreme music death core you can you can do that but um where you get like really overproduced music or Mm -hmm. way too raw music and i think they kind of hit that middle ground in what is for my personal tastes fucking perfect um i gave this an eight man my standout was the resounding silence to the obsidian womb what did you think about this Fuck yeah, man. I I was surprised at how much I liked the single of theirs that you added recently. I'm not a big death metal fan, and I really only seem to like one in every five new death metal bands that you show me, but they somehow managed to hit the, like, sweet spot in terms of my taste. At first, I told you they reminded me of, like, Early Job for a Cowboy or Winds of Plague a little bit, but after listening to this, I definitely hear them as their own band much, much more. This is one of the better metal releases we've covered this year, and it'll be interesting to see how it holds up to whatever else we have coming up, man. I I really enjoyed it. I gave it a 7 out of 10. 
either souls upheaval debris or from resounding silence would be my standout from this. Yeah. Um, I agree with you. I think that they, uh, they've definitely, uh, like I said, man, they have a massive sound and it is their own, um, which yeah. is hard to do in death metal. Like we talked about with that undeath album that just released, it's clearly just, you know, cannibal corpse, just, you know, not them. Um, but this is not that, but it's still in that same genre. And they have, I think, I think they're going to get big in the death metal world, which means about 25 to 28,000 monthly listeners. So fuck yeah, man. Well, I hope they, I hope they blow up because I really enjoy it. I'm all for more good death metal in the world. I've, I've seen some buzz about them online. So good. Good. <laughs> all right. You ready to move on to probably the most divisive album <laughs> Of the 21st century. We got Jack Harlow's. Speaking of a lot of buzz, right? Yeah, Jesus Christ. Jack (laughs) Harlow's new album, Come Home, The Kids Miss You, which before we even get into the fucking album itself, I do not like what labels do with this debut word shit. It's fucking stupid. When his 2019 album, Confetti, came out, if you like go back and read the Pitchfork review, they're like, his fourth full-length release. And then... (laughs) <laughs> or like it's like his second and then and then in the one for this it's like his second full length album and then the label's like this is his debut album this shit makes no fucking sense like it's it's so stupid and i hate the way they try and use that shit to sell it extra what do we say uh, they're all projects yes they're all projects so yes jack harlow released a new project come home the kids miss you <laughs> and i'm going to go first on this one if that's okay please with you. please do because there's been a lot of buzz online about this one, all of it pretty much negative. And I think this album is far from great, but I don't think it's quite as bad as everybody's saying it is. I don't know what people were expecting, but I think it had to have lived up to the label's expectations. It won't make anyone who wasn't a fan of his before this change their mind. And the criticisms are obvious. A lot of the songs sound the same. His flow's monotonous. The lyrics could have depth or they're super fucking corny, like talking about semen and pineapple juice. And at times it sounds like he tried to make a Drake album more than his own. But it's hard to imagine that this album does anything but make him a much bigger star. It's Jack Harlow rapping over expensive beats for 45 minutes with big name features and a handful of songs that have the potential to be massive hits which is what I think separates this from something like Chance the Rapper's The Big Day. It was a critical failure and a commercial flop. This is a critical failure for sure, but this is still going to do very fucking well. I personally, I give it a five out of 10 and Parent Trap was my standout just because I'm an old school JT head like that. (laughs) What are your thoughts? Because we have not (laughs) talked about this at all. You know what, man? I'm really glad that we don't talk about these albums until we get on the mic. Um, So I don't know if you knew this, but Jack Harlow is handsome. He's rich and he's white. If you didn't know before you started listening to this album, then you definitely do by the end of it. Look, <laughs> um, to answer his question on quote on the uh, on the song Talk of the Town, am I the realist is what he asks? Nah, man, you're not. But I don't have very many bad words for this album because I just don't have many words for it in general. It's OK. If anything, it's a little flat and a little boring. The instrumentals are decent. And really, the only thing about this album that I really, really like um, the lyrics are Jack Harlow lyrics. Like you said, yep. what were people expecting? 
Um, yeah. <laughs> Jack Harlow was is not known for his substance. Like, <laughs> no, it's a pop rap album for fuck's sake. Oh man, some of the memes were great. It's about to be popping off on in every single frat party in 2022. Oh yeah, no, this is for sure the Asher Roth album of 2022. But like, it's going. It's made for yeah, college dorm room parties and shit like that. But it's going to find a market. I guarantee you that. The first, the biggest song off of it already is what First Class, which. I think that song's at like 150 million plays. I, I actually, I actually just looked, and it is currently at 185 million plays, which is mostly because of TikTok. But right. it's just like I don't know, man. I think you you have to go in with reasonable expectations for a mainstream pop album. So I, I I need to I need to ask what you think. How much do you think he paid Snoop to just talk on that album for a second on Young Harleazy? God, I. W- I don't know, man. That I'm, track I'm a, is so bad. I'm a uh, bet over twenty thousand dollars, dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm guessing his label gave him a massive budget for that, and yeah. I'm guessing all of these artists took their fee. But it's interesting that you bring that up because um, Vince Staples just did Big Boy, so you might hear the interview on the radio out there if you get the chance. But uh, one of the first things he was asked about was, <clears throat> sorry, let me get a drink of water really quick was the feature on his album and how he selects them and how he got little baby. And he was like, dude, little baby did that shit for free. Like I (laughs) asked him to do the verse and his like rates are like a hundred K. And I was like, you know, pay him whatever he wants. And he was like, wave it. Like I'll do it for free. That's awesome. So that's what people do for artists that they like. (laughs) I, I, I don't know. I'm guessing maybe Drake waved his, I don't know if he needs it, but, and they've been doing a bunch of shit together ever since this, but I don't know, man. Did you say you're rating yet? No, I haven't yet. I'm not done quite yet. Oh, please keep going. How how are you going to have Drake feature on a Drake album? On it, um, I, on a Drake I, song, too. right? Exactly. Um, I particularly do like the beat on Parent Trap, and uh, Timberlake sounds fucking great, dude. Um, one thing I will say Lil Wayne tried so hard to bring some energy to this album, and it's severely lacking energy. The entire album, the entire mm-hmm. album just has no energy. Um, I, I think if he had released this like late October, it might have done commercial, it might, it might have done better in, on Twitter. I, I think that it's. If you're going to release it. I don't know if this was ever going to do good on Twitter, my friend. I don't know. Twitter's not a real place. Um, Look, I don't think that it, I don't think that it deserves to get all of the hate that it's gotten. I think it's just not a good album. It's not quote terrible, like what Pitchfork said. And uh, really the clowning online is just a people, a bunch of people who probably just jumped on the bandwagon. There are some great beats and the parts of the album that have energy are great. That said, I won't. I will not be revisiting this one. My standout was Poison, featuring Lil Wayne, but it's really Lil Wayne's verse on Poison yeah. that is my standout. I yeah. gave it a. I gave it a three. Lil Wayne's running out of words to use. <laughs> you know. You know what's funny, dude? We. I. I. I, I just listened to the Carter last night, and okay. man, we were so blessed to have that man doing what he was doing back then. Dude, it's crazy, man. The Carter one through three, that's that's a must listen for anybody that's never heard that era of him because it's fucking insane, man. I love that shit. Yep. Okay, you ready to move on? 
I am definitely ready to move on because I know you're excited about this next one. I am. So we have a new one from Ella May. Her sophomore album, Hard on My Sleeve, came out. And surprise, it's fucking incredible. She's only two albums into her career, and she's two for two. She does not miss. This is a certified R&B classic. And we've gotten a lot of really good R&B this year. But this is the first great R&B album I think we've gotten. And I don't really see anybody topping it soon, but who knows? I told you last week this would be my favorite R&B album since Snow Allegra's last album. And I was a thousand percent correct. (laughs) This was an easy no skips for me. How pieces don't fuck me up. uh, Leave me lonely. Like literally every song on this is good. I'm not usually a big ballad fan, which you and I've talked about a lot, but like, I think even her ballads are good. Hide and Power of a Woman were both very, very strong tracks. And just the way she gets so much emotion out of her voice with every inflection is mesmerizing to me. I gave this one a nine out of 10. I can't pick a favorite, but I'm curious to see how you as a non R&B head received this. All right, so this is the R&B I really enjoy, John. Um, Good. There's plenty of vocal ranges. Um, there's lots of energy, even on the ballad songs. Like, we've talked about the fact that I just, the, the hardcore R&B ballads I just can't do. But, like, even on the ballads on this one, I was like, okay, this is, there's some, there's some energy here. Um, I think she you chose know? the features really well. And drum roll, if you don't mind, I even liked the Lucky Day <laughs> feature. <laughs> oh boy that sounds um, great <laughs> L- lato L- lato sounds cool have we covered her before sounds familiar she did that reasons. song that gambino did a verse on got it all right um also roddy rich sounds great uh the production on this is really good and really well thought out the album structure in my opinion is great um she's got this incredible confidence to her while and that while listening I felt empowered, John. Um, I think this album is my favorite uh, is my favorite R&B album of 2022, obviously, this year. And uh, I will probably actually be revisiting this album throughout the year. I gave it an eight, and my standout was Didn't Say. Hell yeah, man. Fuck yes. We're getting through to him, people. Uh, <laughs> that's awesome, man. I, I'm fucking glad you enjoyed it. I'm glad you like Didn't Say, which I felt like Didn't Say, Break My Heart and Fallen Angel was going to be the three song stretch that would test you the most on this. It, it, I, I really like Didn't Say. Good, good. Yeah, no, the production on the production style of her music is definitely a little different than the like more stripped down shit that I add or that we've covered earlier this year for sure. Yep. Okay, man. Well, I'm glad you enjoyed that. It'll be interesting to see if anything even comes close to topping it because it's going to be tough. You ready to talk about this new Alice in Wonderland album? Sure am. Okay. So she just dropped her new one, Loner, finally. Please tell me your thoughts on this because I'm very interested. All right. So I really did not like the drop on Safe Life. Um, it feels like it's like out of it's like not in time. I don't know. Okay, now that that's out of the way, I actually really like this album, man. Like I've been saying <laughs> throughout this album rollout, she's playing with a lot of cool textures and atmospheres that she hasn't in the past. Um, vocals are strong and and re- just really good. Um, I I I genuinely enjoyed it, man. I really like that she's kind of coming out of her skin and kind of doing doing things that um she hasn't in the past while still staying true to her um to her kind of general style um i feel a lot of elohim 
coming from this. And um, yeah, I really liked it. I gave it a seven. And uh, my uh, my favorite is uh, Something Real. Does she do all the vocals on her own songs? I, th- I think so, dude. That's fucking crazy, dude. Uh, it For me, it's hard to be anything other than impressed by this album. I, I think I underestimated how good she really was. Her 2018 album, Awake, was really good, but this one feels much more focused to me. It also feels a lot more personal lyrically. She plays with a lot of interesting textures on this album, and it all works. I really enjoyed her more pop-sounding songs. Something Real and Cocaine were both phenomenal. And This album's great from start to finish for me. Uh, and this has been, again, a year where we've been just been blessed with like so many fucking great albums. Didn't we just review Royksop's new album last week? We sure did. Yeah, uh, like this is, it's so hard to keep all of this in perspective, but I love this. I think this is her best album to date. I gave it an eight out of 10. Something real was my favorite hey. without question. <laughs> was that your standout as well? Yeah. Okay. For some reason I thought you said um, cocaine, but I think I just thought that because I just read it. <laughs> well, good times. This was a crazy week, John. It was. And I can't fucking wait for next week because we have, well, we have new albums from the Black Keys, Florence the Machine, the Smile, and State Champs. But, but let's be honest. The music world is stopping because Kendrick Lamar is finally resurfacing. We will have our reviews of Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers for you guys next Wednesday night. And we, we sure can't will. fucking wait to talk to you then. Yeah. All right. Anything you want to add before we go? Um, no, I think I'm good, man. Thank you to everybody right. who listens. Don't forget to follow us. And... Uh, See you next week. See ya. Peace.